1: Uh, we talked about this a little bit with Matty Augustine only weighing
2: 260
1: pounds. How much input do you think Lauren Lando may have and what to do with him?
2: Probably not much. I mean, that decision was probably made by Matt Bayless last summer. Because Matt Bayless was still on the team when they had him on campus. And I would imagine that Matt Bayless would have given his 4-1. His one Thumbs one. up, yeah. Now, they might have asked Lauren Landau what he also thinks, but I don't know if that's necessary at this point in time. And I think that there's even a greater chance that a guy like Lauren Landau Lando could get what you want from him than even Matt Bayless because of the, the, the nature in which he runs his program. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: Good question. Coleman Smith. Thank you for the mailbag. Where do you rank Antoine Delaurier when it relates to the rest of the linebacker recruits?
2: Well, I haven't ranked him yet, but so this is more my gut. He, he's a good player. His film is really impressive to watch. I he's not as good as the other. The, no, McHale off my gut. Nathaniel Usu Botang, Marco Jones, Madden Ferriamo. He's not as good as those guys. The other question is, I don't know that he has the ceiling that they do because he's already a pretty jacked up kid. Yeah. And so while I like him, and if Notre Dame gets him, cool. But he's just not on the same level as some of those other guys who are just more fluid athletes, every bit as explosive, but they all have much more room to grow. And when you watch Noah McHale, I mean, Noah McHale can rush the passer, he can play the run, and he can Mm -hmm. drop into coverage. He's very smooth dropping into coverage. And so he's just a better all-around player. Where this kid is a thumper, put him at Mike, and say, you're playing tackle to tackle, and every time a running back makes a move between the tackles, your job is to destroy him. I mean, he is an old-school middle linebacker, explosive downhill middle linebacker. And I like him. I like his film, Sean, a lot. But there's just other guys that I like. It's a great linebacker class, just nationally. I mean, there's like – I did an article recently, like, you know, must-gets in the class, and I was like, okay, what couple linebackers do I want to focus on? And I was like, dude, forget it. You can land one of these nine, and you, and you you've, you've, you've done well. Yeah. It's a really good linebacker class nationally.
1: I put him in this, and this is when, you know, we talked about where has the narrative changed for Notre Dame recruiting-wise. What you just heard Brian say, like, I love all these guys. I think they have higher ceilings. But basically what Brian's telling you, if we get them, I'm not mad at it. No, not at all. Like, well, there were classes where you get a kid in Notre Dame that's like,
2: mm. Man, I wish they could have got that guy. I mean yeah. – I'll still, man, I wish they could have got Marco Jones or Kale or Yeah. But I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be be happy. happy. You put that kid with Kingston and Bodie Cahoon and Drake Bowen and Jaden Ospreay. Yep. Good. I'm mad at it. Yep.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on
2: time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Johnny
1: S., thank you for the mailbag. Is Joe Rudolph a pin and pull or zone type of coach? Which one would you
2: prefer? Well, uh, he can do both his personal preference seems to be more of the pin and pull stuff, but he has, he has no problem coaching inside zone, which one would I prefer is inside zone both, but my bread and butter is going to be inside zone. And Mike Dembrock has been that way. I don't think you can just run inside outside zone all day. Like even the Broncos back in the day, they had different wrinkles. I mean, they ran inside outside zone, but they, they ran outside zone six different ways, you know, and then they had different leads and ISOs and some different things to go with that. And, And I think you need a counter. You need some sort of pin and pull to the outside to counter with it. Uh, So I actually like both. It just, to to me, it's more about what are you going to major in and what are you going to minor in? For me, I'm majoring in the zone. I'm minoring in the pin and pull stuff. It's a wrinkle for me. It's something to keep you honest that I can maybe gash you with that. And that's what Coach Easton was. I mean, that's the underrated part of how of that 2017 run game, Sean. Is they were an inside outside zone team. Inside zone was their bread and butter. Yeah. But they had what well, like three times they busted a long run on a on a pin and pole scheme. They ran the buck sweep for 59 yard touch. I think it was buck sweep. It's either buck sweep or counter for 59 yard touchdown run against Miami, Ohio. They ran buck sweep for a was it 74 yard touchdown run against North Carolina, right? I mean, in 2015 team was saying well, inside zone was bread and butter. But what was the play C.J. ProSize had that 92-yard touchdown run against Georgia Tech? It's counter. counter. It was pin and pull. Down, you know, yeah. gap down, you know, kick, wrap, you're out the gate. You need those type of, of change-ups when you're a zone team. You can't just be inside zone duo, inside zone duo. That's fine. You want to run those things 85% of the time, cool. But you've got to have some stuff to – and those things are meant to kind of keep you honest, change your eye discipline, but also to potentially create some big play opportunities. You know, like and that's what Notre Dame they ran that buck sweep in 2017, Sean. They only run it two, three times a game, but man, they'd catch you on it, it was it was gone. You were out yeah. the gate. I mean, because if you hit that first level, Josh Adams hits that first level and you don't tackle him after the first level, strike up the band. The, yeah. the band director's like eating pop and all panicking, like, oh shoot, they're running buck sweep, and Josh Adams just got through the first level. Let's get ready. You know what I mean? And I'm giving the band director a lot of credit for understanding. You know, pin and pull schemes, but hey, that's how we do That's how we roll at Notre Dame. But yeah, I mean, you have to have those kind of balances to that. And same I, thing the other way is if you're a pin yeah. and pull team, you better have something quick hitting like an inside zone or a duo right in the middle to yeah. balance it. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's the ability that Mike Denbrock is going to bring the ability to go back to what he loves, but also the ability to mesh with what Joe, Joe Rudolph likes to do and to have those counters. And they have a mm-hmm. running back room that has talent to do multiple things within the run game, including the passing game and including the running backs. So it's, this offense is, is, is on track to be really explosive, really explosive, and I can't wait to see it play out. Coleman Smith, thanks for another question. What are the chances Notre Dame takes a second tight end, and are you surprised for commit Nate Roberts hasn't committed anywhere yet? Figured he would be committed to OU or... Ohio State already,
2: or maybe that's Oklahoma State. Uh, It's Ohio State. I think he meant to say former commit, Nate Former commit, yeah. I'm not surprised he hasn't committed anywhere else because I think the whole thing was he wanted to kind of go through the process. He wanted to kind of play the game and have some fun with the recruiting process. Yeah. You know, and he didn't like the fact that Notre Dame wasn't going to let him take visits. Which, look, Sean, these kids know. I don't care what anybody says. They know. Yeah. They know. And the only time that you can commit – and not know that is if you surprised with the commitment. They weren't expecting your commitment. But you know pretty quickly that that's the case.
1: And it's a it's a very subjective rule because it's a good rule a vast majority of the time. If people want to talk about a top five player, which majority of the time is going to go down to the wire in recruiting, I Personally, I have respect for the rule and I, I have respect for the fact that they stick to it. Even with a top five player like James Yes. Yeah. Yes. They stick that's to it. That's why they
2: wouldn't let Dante commit publicly. Yeah. Because he still wanted to take visits.
1: Yeah. So look, that's if you're going to abide by something, abide by it. And Notre Dame does that. And everybody can have their opinion on it. And you know, some people feel like it should be a case by case situation. Yeah, that can get very tricky. Yeah. Very tricky. So
2: it it's not just a rule for principle. It's mm-hmm. a practical rule. Because you find out how committed guys really are. When you tell them, hey, listen, if you commit, you can't take visits. And they say, hold on, now I'm not ready to go publicly commit yet. Now you know. Right. This commitment was more of a I'm holding on to this until yeah. I get something better. Right. That's the reality of it. I mean, so some people say, you know, they should have let Keon stay in the class. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. Once Keon committed to taking officials, knowing what he knew about the rule, you were he was gone. He was gone. You could have said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll sacrifice and let you stay in the class. Why? So he can then decommit later and flip to Alabama or someone else later? Yeah. Once he said, I know that you have this rule, but I don't care, he pretty much said, I'm not coming to Notre Dame. Now you know. Now you know. And and so to me, I I kind of wish they would have put a more firmer Continue. foot down with Peyton Bowen. Yeah, to be honest with you, definitely gave them some heartache and some embarrassment. You know, so it, it, it because it's it's kids like him are exactly why they have this rule. Somebody said, well, you know, you need to let the five star kid. You no, know, no, if the five star kid doesn't want to commit, then don't let him commit. And now you don't go through the embarrassment of losing his commitment down the road. You just keep recruiting them. Stay in the yeah. game. Hey, man, don't worry about committing right now. Like, if you want to take other visits, you enjoy the process, and we'll keep recruiting you, and we'll want to get you when you're ready. Yeah. But if a kid wants to commit but still take visits, he's not really committed, that's the whole thing, is Notre Dame's trying to put something. And here's the thing I like about Notre Dame's rule. They will not let the flip happen either. If you're committed somewhere – remember that Calvin five. Simpson yeah. kid from yeah. Texas that wanted to visit from – you know Ohio State. He didn't want to decommit from Texas Tech. And so Notre Dame was like, then you can't officially can't visit. Yeah, you know. So it, it's 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 a it goes both ways, you know. And and so I, I have no problem with it because it, it's a put your money where your mouth is type of rule. That's what it boils down to. It's not. I mean, it's not some moral stand. And I mean, the kids,
1: and no, right. no one is
2: bad, right? In the situation, right?
1: In, in my opinion, or do kids use schools or do kids put Notre Dame in their top five to bring attention? Uh, absolutely okay. Do they put no name in the top 10 to bring attention absolutely it is what it is but i think in a lot of cases keon Keeley, yo it was a it was a real honest conversation and right. keon keely didn't want it to go down like that he wanted to make a decision with notre dame being included but the rule is the rule right. and keon Keeley isn't a bad kid because
2: he decided to decommit right. after committing, like but if Keon wanted to be at Notre Dame, he still could come back to Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, they would have taken him back. They'd take him yeah. back now. If yeah. Keon goes on the portal. Call. Yeah. And call him, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% confident that that's true. 100% confident that if Keon Keeley jumped in the portal and wanted to come to Notre Dame, and now I think he'd have to kind of reach out to them more. Than, right. you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, right. or shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But if Keon said, hey, listen, I made a mistake. I want to come back. I think Notre Dame would. I'm confident that they would take him back with open arms. So the point is, they didn't say "screw you, Keon, you can never come back." They just said you can't be committed, because this yeah. is the rule. Yeah. And and if you're not gonna, if you're gonna bypass that rule with him, but then tell some other kid he can't, you have now have told that kid you're not as important to us. Yeah. And and so, but that on the flip side is, hey guys, we did this with Keon Keeley. We're definitely gonna do it with you you know that's the reality of it and so like they had a couple kids in this 2024 class that wanted to take visits Sean during the fall and they basically said you can't do it because and they they were genuinely and I'll say now one of them was Bronte Johnson he just wanted to go with a friends of his and go visit schools yeah I don't think there was a genuine concern about him leaving the class but their name was like listen I understand that but like this is this is you got you're committed to us or you're not and so what did that do with Bronte it said okay i'm committed so i'm not gonna do it but if he would have gone on those visits it would have let him know this kid's not committed he's not really committed yeah this is more important to him than this and we got to find ourselves a third safety and so it, it, it's practically more important than whatever principle that they're trying to live by practically speaking it's a very smart rule yeah because
1: for for them Yes. And the way they There's, need to be how,
2: successful. Right. And how recruit. many times have we seen Notre Dame get this kid from the South or the West Coast? I mean, just the long list of players, T. Shepard, Deontay Greenberry. I mean, all these kids, it's just like, no, you got to put your money where your mouth is. And 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 that's just the way it's got to be. But as far as Nate Roberts, I just, you know, I, I, don't, I think he's generally torn. There's the local school, o- 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 Oklahoma, and I think he really likes Ohio State. So, you know, but uh, chances they take a second tight end. I mean, I, I think they're going to explore it. I think they take Nicholas Townsend if he wanted to come. I, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what kind of relationship Mike Denbrock chooses to build Lincoln Cure. I think they'll look for a second tight end, but I think part of it's going to depend on how do they fill up at other positions. Yeah. That's where I come from on that. That's where I, that's where I come down on that one, Sean.
1: Andre Tonsil, thank you for the mailbag. Okay, I asked last night who cooks... <laughs> The best among IB Nation staff, Double R says he does. Brian, what do you say about that?
2: Well, I can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches too. So <laughs> just kidding. Are you saying no. that's what that's what Double R makes?
1: Got two little kids.
2: Um, I'm just kidding. I know You're that sure? Ryan does a lot of the cooking for his family, as do I. Sean, I know you can cook a little bit as well. I don't know. I've never had Sean's food. Sean's never had my food. I've never had Ryan's food, and Ryan's never had my food. Now, Vince had – some of my hamburgers the other day. So Vince might be able to speak that a little bit. I made mean, Vince, uh, we, we watched on Championship the, Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I made some burgers and some potatoes and, and we had some fun. So Vince might be able to tell you a little something about how I cook, but I've always gotten pretty rave reviews for how I cook, Sean. So, um, my wife before our kitchen went away, the last meal, my wife wanted me to cook. in there was a uh, uh, chicken fettuccine Alfredo, mm. which I make very, very well. But I made a couple little. And I'm always looking to change Are you heavy on the garlic with your sauce? No, I never did the the garlic before. And this time, so what I've always done is I put a little bit of garlic salt, garlic powder on the chicken. And let the chicken give me the garlic flavor. And have more of a natural Alfredo flavor with that. Mm -hmm. But And and I decided I was going to try to put some garlic in the actual uh, Alfredo sauce. And then not as much as the chicken. It was really good. Yeah. I actually liked it a little bit more. Not heavy on it though. Actually, I, mm-hmm. I I put like two whole cloves in it, and it was just a little, little too sweet. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to go down to one clove next time, like normal size clove next time. Yeah. But I actually liked it because I've never cooked it that way. And I and I make Alfredo sauce. Like I make it at home. I will put just like like I make Alfredos. Like I make chicken Alfredo or fettuccine Alfredo. Sort of the um, not you know, some people just do like like butter. I actually make yeah. like a cream. So I will put butter in there and then put some heavy whipping cream, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Obviously put the garlic in there with the butter and then um, uh, let it kind of get to a simmer. Then I'll put Parmesan cheese in there and then I cook it longer. So like I've found that the longer I cook it, the thicker it is, obviously. And so I like it a little bit thicker. And so um, I've kind of turned the heat up a little bit, which some people say you shouldn't do. I, it's worked really well for me, turned it yeah. up a little bit. And it really has thickened it up nicely, but uh yeah, it's very good. Enjoy it very, very much. Yeah,
1: I'm a grill master. I don't I don't I don't cook per se that much, but
2: well you so that's why I'm that grill you near here because yeah. I could do the cooking and the and you could do the you know, you could do the, the, the barbecue and the grilling, yeah. yeah. Have some you get me on that grills, grill. Man.
1: I can make some things happen. Thank you for the question, Andre. Yeah. I mean, and my answer
2: is going to be me, though, at the end of the day. <laughs> and I'm sure Ryan, Ryan thinks he's the best at everything.
1: Yeah, you know? he, said that, he said that on shows with myself. Tyler Evans, we appreciate you and appreciate the super chat. Who is the biggest icon in Chicago, MJ or Peyton?
2: I, shockingly,
1: it is, it's not even close. It's Walter Peyton.
2: Yeah. I, I, what I would say to that is it depends on what generation you're from. And what I was going to say was people more in your generation, you're going to get a lot more people willing to say Walter Payton. The mm. younger generation, I don't know that they even have experience with Walter Payton. Nah, would you
1: say? bro. That's a lot of small kids walking around really? with 34 jerseys. That's
2: awesome. He's so their parents still, are teaching them right. Yeah, he's still. Can I, can I ask food. you a question? Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with the type of person that they were? I, I mean, what I mean, what's the Man of the Year award? first Indiana of all, football. Football is king, right? Football is okay. king, number
1: one. And I think relatability. Walter Payton's story, and even though he only won one Super Bowl, he won it with the Bears, right? And they're just bigger than the Bulls, and they're just bigger. They're just bigger. So one Super Bowl with the Bears is equal to three or four with the Bulls. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about that like Notre Dame football, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Walter Payton is. Yo.
2: I just wonder if if Michael was less Michael, you know what I mean? If that would have an impact at all, because like you said, I mean, like I said earlier, the, the what's the man of the year in the NFL trophy named after Walter what's Payton? After man Walter of the year? And it's not because tonight. he was the all-time leading rusher. It's because yes, yeah. he was a great player, but he was always known as a first-class man, yeah. human being. You yeah. know, and I don't wonder if that's part of it as well. But yeah, man,
1: he... I I just think his. I think even when he was no longer here, because the majority of the '85 Bears, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I think Michael got into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's getting announced tonight, but shout out to him. And hopefully, um,
2: you It's know, just a but, shame he won't be able to experience it the way. Yeah,
1: yeah. the you way he he, would. you would want Mongo to, yeah. the way you knew he would. Right. If he was able to be up and, yeah, for so prayers to him and his family. But I, you would have to be here, Brian, to actually experience it. Like, literally, you can go to Bears games now and there is no jersey. That's crazy. In all ages. Being worn.
2: I I, I can somewhat relate to that, board. Sean, as a Broncos fan. I yeah. can somewhat relate to that. I mean, because you can still go to Denver and you still see dudes rocking John L.H. Jersey. I yeah. Mean, you, now, and, and the thing is, you even – Broncos have even won a Super Bowl since then. Mm-hmm. Bears haven't. I, I still say one of the biggest what-ifs in sports is what if Walter Payton actually played on a good team for most of his career? Because that's what people forget. He played on some bad Bears teams and still dominated and put up great yards. I mean, his highlight reel is just, if, you, if you're if you a younger person and you've never seen Walter Payton highlights, watch them tonight. It is yeah. so worth it. That is back when football was a sport played by men. And I mean that in the most traditional, you're nuts, you're sacrificing your body to play that game. You know what I mean? It was like gladiator. I mean, it was is a violent it's always been a violent game but it was a violent game back then you just we had
1: in Chicago we got to experience them both simultaneously that that was the true blessing of being a kid or being an adult in that era like that was the rise of Michael Jordan and that was pretty much yeah like the kind of like the end of the prime and going towards the end of Walter's career, but even in his last season, Walter put up really good stats. It wasn't like he walked away when he was still a good. He was no longer Harry a team, Walter Payton, but he was still right. a good NFL running back. And you know, and they were tremendous. A lot of people don't know they were tremendous, tremendous friends. And you know, Michael
2: Jordan and Walter Payton were really I didn't oh know
1: that. Oh, absolutely. 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 They would play poker all night long. And Walter would take Mike's money. Like there are stories where, yeah, Walter would just laugh. Yeah, laugh. Ma-
2: Ma- Michael is a great basketball player. He's not player. a, good, he's not he a would, good gambler. He's not really great at anything else. No, it's not great at baseball, not great no. at running a team, not great at gambling. He's great at basketball. He's pretty good business, man. He's,
1: he's yeah. pretty good business, man,
2: because Jumpman is doing pretty good in
1: some of his other yeah. endeavors. But yeah. he's I just a got decent te- golfer.
2: Sean, you're going to love this. I just got a text from Angela and because I'm at the place. She's at home, and she goes, yeah. you better wrap this show up. Chief closes at 9. That's that ice cream. Please. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you better make it. You better make it. Let's get, let's, the let's get to the rest of the questions.
1: the next question. I don't, don't want to be the reason why. <laughs> do you see any team going undefeated in 2024 i mean the team that
2: wins maybe it's gonna be hard yeah i mean i i think actually notre dame might have the best chance of going defeated notre dame and ohio state yeah. because their schedule i mean man it's gonna be hard for some of those other teams. does old state make does old state play oregon no i don't think so let me okay. go to ohio state's 2020 ohio state's 24 i'm not saying that their schedule is weak but it's not like Michigan's Ohio state actually Ohio state does play at Oregon, but here's the rest of their schedule home against Akron home against Western Michigan home against Marshall at Michigan state home against Iowa home against Nebraska at Penn state home against Purdue at Northwestern home against Indiana home against Michigan. They don't get USC UCLA or Washington and they play at Penn state, but Penn state, you know, I mean, Penn state's Penn state. So I'd say of those teams, they have the best chance. Yeah. But it, even that's going to be hard.
1: You see, you see, just put something in the chat, right? Who did?
2: Did she let's say just, something? Let's hurry up, bro. She just put an ice cream thing. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> hey, Ange, I got to make some money to pay for that ice cream. Okay. So. I still don't think that's going to work. Next <laughs> question. Not, I'm looking out for you, all. buddy. <laughs> but just to finish this question, I I think when you do look at the other, like in all seriousness, Sean, like when you look at mm-hmm. these other schedules, I mean. This is what we were talking about earlier. These teams have done it right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Oregon is a team that that if they were in the Pac 12, I think would have had a shot to go undefeated next year. But you just saw they got to play Ohio State at home. They got to play at Oregon State, at UCLA, home against Ohio State, at Michigan, at Wisconsin, home against Washington, right? That's that's yeah. not gonna be easy. When you look at the SEC and you and you look at the you know Bama this year and, and you look at their schedule, they've got to play at Wisconsin. They've got to play Georgia at home. they got to play at Tennessee, Missouri at home, at LSU, at Oklahoma. Now, they didn't get Texas – or I mean, they didn't get Texas, but they still got to play at Oklahoma and at, at LSU. And that's – those two games are being played in a three-week span. It's at LSU, yeah. Mercer, at Oklahoma, and then home against Auburn. And then when you look at Georgia, who has to play – they have to play at Bama. They also start the season against Clemson, play at Bama, at Texas, at Ole Miss, home against Tennessee – you know and Texas another team that we think has a chance to be a title team this year and I, they could win it they got to play at Michigan Oklahoma and Dallas home against Georgia home against Florida at Arkansas at Texas A&M and then they still have conference championship games yeah so i i don't i think it's going to be hard for a team to go undefeated yeah. I, I really do i really do
1: Josh, the Buck, Josh buffo the motivational business banker from 23 committed and 24 recruits a committed O-lineman, make you start an O-lineman from them?
2: Oh, let's see. So from the from the 23, 24, uh and the 25 kids, what would my starting lineup be? Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to have any of the 25 kids on there because they're still not at this stage of their development yet. But if I could pick one just right now, I would have Jagasol left tackle, Gerby Lambert right tackle. My guards would be Sullen Absher and – Either Peter Jones or Sam Pendleton, and my center would probably be Joe Wadding. That would be my starting lineup, and that'd be a pretty good flipping starting lineup, in my opinion. And Styles Prescott would be my my next tackle off the bench. You know, I'd have Anthony Knapp having a chance to 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 battle at that position. So, I mean, you'd have some really good depth. But Jagasal Lambert at tackle, Sully, and either Jones or Pendleton at at guard, and then give me Joe Wadding at center. Of those. 23, 24, and 25, man, that'd be one heck of a starting offensive line. man. And, again, right. one of the guards that we talked about is not in there. <laughs> what if South Prescott's not in there? <laughs> <laughs> she better not be texting you right now telling you to hurry <laughs> up. No,
1: bro. I'm, I, I'm trying to be a good brother. That's all. Chris Ayers, the linebacker room is a little short of bodies. <laughs> but I would argue that the top five, six is as more talented than any other from the host era. And that includes Graham stone, break a card, Pritchett stamps. That's a pretty good group.
2: Yeah. Sean, I can't, I, I can't, I don't agree that it's short on numbers. I think people are still trying to look at the linebacking core as a three man position and right. it's not, it's two and a half at best. I mean, I, I pointed out th- last week, Sean, Thomas Harper played about almost a hundred more snaps than Jack Kaiser did this year and played fewer games. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not a three linebacker. Like a buddy of mine was like, man, they they need to get a, a, you know, who's the Drew Tranquil from 2017 on this team? I'm like, there isn't one. They don't need one. They don't play that defense anymore. Yeah. So it's really two and a half and really a lot. I mean, they're going to spend over half the game in a two linebacker defense. So if you're going to count it as three, then you also need to include Jordan Clark as part of the depth chart. Clarence Lewis is part of the depth chart. Micah Bell is part, because they're going to play that position that where position. the rover lines up will yeah. be manned at times by those guys. And so I think the numbers are fine. I think it's like you have to rethink, you have to be willing to change your thought process from numbers based on the scheme that they're playing. If they go back to a 3-4 someday, then that's got to, you got to change your numbers. Your numbers got to change. If they go back to a 4-3 or a traditional 4-2-5, then you got to rethink it. But the way that they're playing it right now, I don't think they're short on bodies. Having said that, you know, the, just pure God-given talent—that's a—that's a—that's a bold statement, man. It really is. But I—I I also understand it. I mean, because like you, you recently, they've had some really good linebacking cores recently. I mean, you had Tavon Coney and Niles Morgan. Drew uh-huh. Martini was pretty good. But you know, this goes even deeper than James It was part of that. You know, seventeen. You had James Onwala who played in the NFL, but. Man, that, that's a that's a that's a bold statement. I mean, you had some teams in the early '90s that had multiple NFL players on it. So yeah, that, that, you know, could you imagine if we were talking about Luke Keekley and Manti Te'o? Man, that still should have happened. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> still mad about that.
1: All right, Benami, thank you for the mailbag. Was this Owen Streibig recruitment? Was this Owen Schriebeck recruitment ever out of in
2: Notre Dame's hands? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I well, from the standpoint of, I think that there were other teams that had a legitimate shot to to, to, to win this battle. I don't think. I think Notre Dame has pretty much led since they took the lead. They never lost the lead. Yeah, but was it a thing where it was a no brainer? I mean, they had, they didn't have they had to. Work, I was, no, uh, my answer is no. It was never out of their hands from the standpoint of they always had control. If they just kept at it, they were going to win this recruitment. So to answer this question, I don't want to overthink it. Yes, it was, it was, was it ever out of their hands? No, it was not. The only way they were going to lose this recruitment is if they stopped working, but they never stopped working. Uh, Sean uh, DK said ice cream eaten after 9 PM gives you nightmares. Wait till tomorrow to which Angela responded. DK needs to be booted. <laughs> And I disagree. It's nothing like a good, good nine well, ten o'clock she at night. Up, she grew up in California, so it's really only it really only be six o'clock from where she grew up. So you know,
1: hey, <laughs> I like late night ice cream. So
2: last couple questions:
1: Do you think we're in the top three for Saka, Anthony Saka, Duke, and Wisco? Really contenders.
2: Well, I think they are. I mean, Manny – got to think about this. Manny Diaz recruited Anthony Saka when he was at Penn State, so there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. I, I think Notre Dame's in the top three for sure. I, I, I'll be honest, Sean. I, I'm, he would not be a guy that I would take right now. I did not like the junior film. I yeah, you not. said that. You yeah, said I, that. I, I would hold off a little bit on that one, now that you have Josiah Key in the class. But, yes, they if they push for him – I would say that, that Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Duke would be the three I'd be most, I most think have the best chance because yeah. of that Manny Diaz relationship, and I could see Duke being the dark horse to win this one if Notre Dame and Ohio State fill up before he's ready to make a decision. I could see something like that because he's also I a think, kid that values education as well, and and yeah. that's something the that Duke provides. At that I point think time,
1: his top five is very telling about the priorities, it, with that family and the young man of what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. The fact that Duke is in the top five and the school that he grew up with and is a legacy of didn't get in the top five tells you that the relationship with Manny Diaz meant a lot. Right. And relationships mean a lot. And not having familiarity with the new defensive coordinator at Penn State. Even with his dad playing at Penn State, played a major part. So relationships, his relationship with Al Golden puts Notre Dame in an advantageous you know, position, the relationship he has with the coaches at Ohio state. Once again, I think relationship and fit is going to be at the forefront
2: Mm -hmm. for
1: Anthony Saka's recruitment. And that puts Notre Dame in the top three, in my opinion. Yeah. At the end of the day, Manny Diaz has a great relationship with the kid, but Duke Notre Dame. I mean, great educations, but on the
2: football field, you know, I think they're in the top three. Sean, you're going to love this man. Mr. 2.0 said ice cream after 9 p.m. equals the return of Pauling and Van Gorder, to which Angela responded, OK, I just lost my appetite for ice cream. Thanks to Mr. 2.0.
0: The fact oh, that she God. gets
2: what that means is just another reason I love that woman. You made a great choice, my friend. <laughs> you made an
1: absolutely great
2: choice. That's what that I, means. I, I will say this. I did say this one time. Somebody asked me one of the questions. Well, she she asked, said not worth Vancouver ever. Edge
1: being- is <laughs> <that's> the best.
2: <laughs> oh, so, man. Somebody one time in a mailbag, and I can't remember if you are on the show or not, said, what, who of you on I- IB Senate has the best game? And I was like, I think we all got game. I, I-, I said, I don't know about Steyr because I've never met his wife. But you, I've met yours. Mm-hmm. With all due respect, my friend, Tiff is better looking than you are. Just well, so like no Angela's better looking than I am. Uh, Vince's wife, who I don't know if she won me to say her name, is definitely better looking than he is. Mm-hmm. And Ryan's wife is better looking than he Now, he would he would be the one who would say he would disagree with that because, again, Ryan thinks he's the best at everything. That's just how competitive he is. But, yes, we all married up. So I think we all have game. There's See, no I, I
1: had to ensure that my daughter would be beautiful. So I had to marry up. Oh, I saw what she said. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> yeah. I agree, Angela. Yeah, definitely. Made, we all not, did. We all agree on we that. All there's, there's, we no all that. There's no debating that. There's no debating
2: that. Mark well, Avalon, thank Sean. you
1: for the mailbag question. With the trend of transfer portal moving talent being so common, do you ever see the NFL questioning high talent players at G5 or D2 schools who do not transfer to Power Five to face better
2: talent? I don't think they'll question. that. I don't think so. No I think talent, actually, yeah. I think actually, it might actually mean more to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, hey, we know your ability is here. Now, you have to do some digging into that, right? Like, is this a kid who didn't want to compete? Like, mm-hmm. what was the reason why? Yeah. But that's why you go to those schools, you meet with the coaches, and they're like, hey, look, this kid had all these offers, but this kid just wanted to he, – he started something, he wanted to finish it. I don't think NFL teams are going to punish him for that. Now, if the kid was getting in trouble and he couldn't go or he just is a kid who, you know, he didn't really practice hard for us, he just dominated our level and – then that's a kid who probably just didn't want to compete. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, somebody just said, get the car started. I actually do have a remote start, so I uh, should probably I'll, get that started I'll now. I'll give an example. That's yeah. my opinion. I think Chris Mitchell,
1: if he had stayed at Florida International, still would have put up big numbers. They would have loved this production and back-to-back years of Florida International. And if he's going to run a 4-3, as he's th- talked about, NFL scouts are going to love him, right? Now coming to Notre Dame, doing it on that stage might bump up where he gets drafted, around right. or two right. maybe. But he's going to get drafted, right? And he's going to have the opportunity to go into an NFL camp and show right. that he can be a guy. The, so, the
2: the knock would be, and he would, you know, if he stayed at FIU, he'd get a chance to go to the Senior Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. so he'd get some chances to jump into the first round. The knock would be Absolutely. the level of competition not mm-hmm. why didn't you move up to a different level of competition. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: So if, if he fell on draft boards, it would be more of that unknown, not because he decided not to do it. And I think, I think teams,
1: guess. certain scouting certain scouting departments
2: that live off
1: of finding those guys, and they're usually connected to really good teams in the NFL, they're the ones that are mad because they want mm-hmm. those guys to stay hidden. They want, they want to right. continue to scout the hidden gems rather than coming to power five teams now, being on the big stage where everyone can see them. Absolutely so, it's the right. scouts, it's the, the scouts that really Absolutely love right. scouting and digging and evaluating. <laughs> They're the ones that are like, no, stay in the G5 because yeah. that's where we do our best work. No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sean, that's going to do it, my friend. Absolutely. Great, right. great having a show with you, buddy. Enjoyed Same it very, here. very much. You don't get to, you don't get very many two hour and 20 minute IB Nation sports talk, So, hope you guys enjoyed that one. We had some fun. Talking about all types of different topics and uh, look forward for you and I, Sean, to get back to our regular routine of the RTCF shows. Looking a lot forward to it. of fun topics to talk about, man. So absolutely. Uh, end of the night, Owen Streebig commits to Notre Dame. Big one, folks. If you haven't done so hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share this podcast. If you are, if you are not subscribed on the podcast platform or you're looking for a podcast co- podcast platform to listen to, we do break all the shows into smaller segments, That's one of the benefits of going on the podcast platform. You can find it at all your favorite podcast platform apps, including Spotify, who Irish Breakdown is partnered with. But of course, guys, if you are not on the message board, we tell you this all the time, you are missing out. Go sign up. You can do a monthly membership, annual membership. You can join the Booster Club, all of that good stuff. So be with us. I'm going to get out of here. Go get my wife some ice cream. And we will talk to you all again tomorrow, mailbag tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Going to have the Irish Breakdown mailbag. We will talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.